Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Go ahead and be seated. I'm going to be a little uh, out of order today. I'm going to save my scripture for a little bit later. I'm going to talk to you guys for a few minutes from my heart because I think that's a part of ministry is sharing our heart with others. That's what God's called us to do. So let me just start by saying I love it here. I love it here. This is everything that could be wonderful is here. I love my job. I love the kids. I love my coworkers. I love my little house. I love everything here. I love it here. But I never thought I would be here in this place today doing this. In fact, I didn't really want to be here. This was not my plan. But guys, I had a plan. And it was a good one. Those of you who don't know me well may be shocked. But my plan was to be an astronaut. Yeah. Can't you just see me? Floating through the space station. Come on now. A little closer to God. Among the stars. That was my plan. All through high school, that was my plan. I spent my weekends at NASA. I spent my senior year spring break at space camp. They should have just written nerd across my forehead in permanent marker. I was going to be an astronaut. So I was going to go to school and study aeronautics engineering because I thought that's how you get to be an astronaut, right? You learn about the science. Well, I was actually not only just going to go to any school, but I was going to go to A&M because, whoop, from Texas, you go to A&M. No, put the hands down. Nope. Nope. A&M. Had it planned out. Had the sticker on the back window of my first car. My A&M sticker on the window. Before I ever got out of high school. But, you know, life doesn't always see things the way we do. And our parents don't always see things the way we do. And my parents could not afford A&M. So I went to the local two-year community college in my hometown. Whoop, Lamar, yay. Doesn't have the same, mm -mm. it's not the same. But, you know, that's okay. It was, it, was a, it was a bump in the road. It wasn't the end of my plan. It was just a little bit of a detour. I was going to be okay with that. So I go to Lamar, and I am going to study all the things you have to do to be an aeronautical engineer, I get into my first trigonometry class. I get into my first advanced physics class. And they might as well have been speaking Chinese. I was lost from day one. I had no idea what was going on. I had no idea what they were talking about. And I'm sitting there thinking, how am I ever going to be able to do this? I can't even, like, get through two weeks of this class. What am I going to do? So, you know, I felt a little bit defeated. 
But, you know, I was still, I'm still working my plan. I'm still going to figure things out. You know, through all of this, this was probably the first major transition in my life. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a little bit of a control freak. I know that's shocking to you. But I like to control things, right? And so I had this great plan worked out. I knew what I was going to do. I was in the driver's seat of my life. I was in the driver's seat of my destiny. Now, I let God ride in the back seat because I, you know, I needed him there in case I got into trouble or I needed a bailout or I needed a crutch or I needed an excuse. I wanted to have him back there, but I didn't want to let him drive. I was driving. So when I hit that bump in the road, you know, I turned left. I'm like, okay, I'll do something else. So I started looking around for what to do, and I landed on psychology. Thought it would be interesting. Thought it would be easy, truthfully. I'd been playing mind games on my cousins for years. <laughs> Pretty good at manipulating the situation in my home. So I thought, you know, I'll just do this instead. Now, looking back now, I can see where even at that point in time, God was correcting me but I didn't recognize it. I thought I was making decisions and that I was in control. I remember way back before then, I was about 12 years old, and I was at youth camp. This was the first senior youth camp I had gone to. I was like a youth member, right? And this was Texas, Lufkin, Texas, the big tabernacle. Yeah, if you've ever been there, it's, you remember it. I remember where I was kneeling at the altar and praying one night over service. I don't remember what was preached. I don't remember what we were doing. But I remember kneeling there after service and praying, and God spoke to me. He's only spoke to me twice in my life. This was the first time. He spoke to me, and he said, I have a plan for you. I was so excited. That's awesome. God has a plan for me. Being the person that I am and liking to control things, I would have liked a few more details about this plan. I didn't get any more information. I didn't have any more details. All I knew was that God has a plan for me. But, you know, there's a lot of distance between 12 years old and 18 years old. There's a lot of life that goes on there. And because I never heard anything else, and because no one ever came and prophesied over me, no one ever said, you know, this is what you're going to do, I just kind of let that fall away. I forgot about it. And I began to try to take control of my life and what I wanted to do. So I switched to psychology. I'm trucking along. I'm doing pretty good. It is pretty easy. It's fascinating. I love it. I'm good at it. But I'm good at it because that's what I was called to be. But I like it. I'm doing good. And then I get to the next big transition in my life. About three years into college, all my friends start getting married. You guys don't know what I'm talking about, do you? This is a tough one. This is a tough one. Because I'm going to be honest with you today. I've never admitted this before to anybody, so you guys are special. I really wanted to get married, too. Sorry. I'm looking around. All my friends are getting married. 
And then they're having kids, and I'm not even dating anybody. What's wrong with me? Why can they get married and I can't? Why won't God send me somebody? Lots of crying. It sounds so silly when you say it out loud, doesn't it? But it's not silly when it's in your heart. It's not a joke when you're sitting up at night by yourself and all your friends are out with their couple friends and you're not invited. So lots of tears, lots of praying, lots of struggling. God, send me a man. Please send me a man. And I want him to look like this. And I want him to like this. And I want him to do these things with me. Please send me this perfect man that I've designed in my head. Right? This was hard. This was hard. But, you know, I did what we all do when our plans don't work the way we think they're going to work. And when things are shifting on us and we can't seem to get going in the right direction, you can either do one of two things. You can be miserable or you can pretend like you don't care. Right? I chose the I don't care route. And I put up a really great front. And I walked around like, I don't get married. That's so stupid. Why are you getting married? Don't you know you have your whole life ahead of you? Don't you want to go to school? Don't you want to study and get your education and get a job, take care of yourself? This is what I'm saying on the outside. On the inside, it's God, send me a man, please. Please just send me a man. That's what's happening on the inside. But in my I don't care attitude, I would, I would even get kind of, you know, disdainful. Like, they just don't even know what they're doing. That's pitiful. Because I want to make myself feel better. I didn't want to listen to those voices that was telling me that I wasn't good enough or others were better than me. It's very hard. It's very hard. So... When I look back over this time period of my life, this is really heavy. I should have got a lighter rock. I look at this, and I see this, is, this was me. This was me. See this, this little chip off right here? This is when my best friends hurt my feelings by not inviting me to the Christmas party. See this little jagged edge right here? This is when I realized life was going on without me, and the people I had been with since birth were no longer the friends that I thought they were. Not that they didn't love me, not that they don't still love me, but life changes, and things change, and circumstances change, and people move, and people you know, develop new friendships and new relationships, and that's okay, that's what it's supposed to be like, but it still hurts when you feel like you're being left behind. So all of these little chips, you know what they do is they create these jagged edges. If this was lighter and I could do it, I could probably hurt somebody with it. I guess I could throw it at you. But it creates all these little jagged edges that cut and hurt. It hurts me, and it hurts everybody who gets close to me, too. Because I've got to pretend to be something, and I've got to pretend to feel something that I don't really feel. 
And, you know, God was working on me all this time. I got to put this down. God was working on me all this time. But because I was resisting what he was trying to do, the changes that he was making in my life were almost violent changes. It was rough. It was hard. It was difficult. It was anxiety-ridden. It made me anxious. It made me nervous. It made me hurt because I was trying to pull my direction. I'm steering to the left, and God's pulling to the right, and I don't want to go to the right. I want to go my way. I want it to be my way. I didn't want to follow God's plan. I wanted him to follow my plan. And all my prayers were around that. Help me, God. Follow this plan. Do this for me. Send me this. Help me there. That's what I was praying for. And, you know, we say these words, whatever you want me to do, God, I'll do. But how often do we really mean it? How often do we really mean what we say? It sounds good. We sing it. You can use anything, Lord. You can use me as long as it fits into my plan. That's what we do. You know, the Bible is also full of people who wanted God to follow their plan instead of them following God's plan. Adam and Eve. Right? God made a very clear plan for them. In fact, he was right there with them, talking to them and explaining the plan, and they still wanted to do it their way and had to suffer the consequences. Right? They wanted to be as smart as God. They wanted to know their plan. How about Abraham and Sarah? God promised them this beautiful future, a plan, a father of nations, but they just couldn't be patient enough. They wanted to do it their way. They just couldn't wait to do it God's way. It had to be their plan, how they wanted to do it. Lot. God says, don't live like Sodom and Gomorrah. It's okay. I'll just, I'll, just, I'll just live over here. I'm not there. I'm not doing that. But I can see it. Maybe a little bit closer. Maybe I, I didn't quite get close enough. And before you know it, Lot is right in the middle of where God told him not to be. Right in the middle of his own plan. And out of God's plan. And there was consequences for that for his family. Long-term consequences. Jacob had to run from his brother because he was following his plan, not God's plan, fearing for his life. David, where do you begin with David? I mean, how many times did he try to take over, right? But David was a man after God's own heart. I always wonder about that. For someone who messed up as much as David did, how does he get to be a man after God's own heart? Could it be that he knew how to step aside and let God take control every now and then? Maybe better than others? I don't know. He thought as a king, David thought, I can do anything I want. I don't have to listen to anybody else's plan. I can do whatever I want. If I want another man's wife, I can do that. If I need to get rid of that man, I can do that too. And he could, and he did. Long-term consequences. 
generational consequences for trying to follow his own plan. But you know, maybe this is just the Old Testament. Maybe, maybe this is just Old Testament people and lives and figures. Maybe if we look to the New Testament, we see people who walked with Jesus. I mean, they, they spent time with him. They ate with him. They lived with him. They slept with him. They, they heard him speak every day. Surely they would know how to trust in God's plan and not their own. I don't know. What do you guys think? Look at Judas. He was so upset that Jesus was not following his plan that he betrayed him. Now, ultimately, this was God's plan because he is in control. But that was still a choice that Judas made. He could have chosen not to do that. Look at Peter. Even though Jesus had told him, they're going to come for me, this is all going to happen, you're going to deny me. I mean, he laid the plan out for him, and Peter still tried to fight against it. Pulled out his sword and tried to physically fight against what the Romans, when they came after Jesus, to try to intervene and put his plan ahead of God's plan. And then went on to do exactly what God told him he was going to do, denying him. So even people who walked with God, walked with the Messiah, we still, what is it about us? Why do we do that? Why do we want to put our, our thoughts, our opinions, our lives, our plans before God? Why do we do that? What makes us do that? I think it comes down to trust. I think we use the word trust a lot like we use the word love. I think we like to throw it around without really understanding what it means. There's been some tough times in my life where I've been worried and doubtful and fearful, and I had someone who I admire look at me once in the eye and say, listen, Brother Coldblood, either, either you trust him or you don't. You can't say I trust him and still try to drive the car. Can't do it. Because every move that you make is showing with your actions that you don't trust him. You're trying to make it happen on your own, the way you want it to happen, rather than waiting for him to direct it the way he wants it to happen. And I will tell you, you'll get there in the end. Everybody in this room is here because you love God, and you're here because you want to follow after his will for your life. You're all here because of that. And you'll get there in the end. The choice will be, do you want to get there like this? Do you want to struggle and fight and have everything, every correction, every change hurt you? Chip away at you? Damage you? To where you feel the need to hurt and damage others? Is that how you want to get there? Or do you want to get there like this? Revelation 2 and 17 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give some of the hidden manna to eat, and I will give him a white stone, and on the stone a new name written, which no one knows except him who receives it. 
this as you know me. There's something very profound that happens when you really decide to trust God. When you really decide to let go and to quit fighting and pulling in the direction you want to go and let him lead you. When this rock is left in a river, the water pours over it constantly, rushes over it every day. And as the water rushes over it, the rock tumbles around in the river and bounces up against other rocks. And as it does that, it begins to smooth out those rough edges. It becomes smooth and smaller and lighter and easier and clearer. We're all going to bump up against people. We're all going to be going through the river. We're all going to go through life. Trials are going to come. Sometimes it's going to be a sandstorm pounding against you. But you can let that sand grate on you and be abrasive and chip away at you, or you can let that sand smooth you out and be the person God wants you to be. Trust in the process. Allow God to take away things from you. Allow God to give you new things so that in the end, you have a new name, a new identity. We're a new person with God, what he wants us to be, not what we think we should be. You know, this is tough. This is hard. You guys are, are here today trying to figure out where you're going to go with your life. Where is God going to take you? And I know some of you came today, and some of you are sitting here right now, and you're hearing voices in your head, whispers saying, you can't do it. Why are you even here? You're never going to be as awesome as Sister Russell. You're never going to be as smart as Brother McClintock. You're never going to be as pretty as her. You're never going to be as talented as him. You're never going to be... That, those little whispers, those little words that are in our head, you know how I know you hear them? Because I hear them too. All the time. All the time. Everybody in here does. Brother McClintock, do you ever hear those voices in your head? No. No matter where you are in life, when things get rough, and the waters start pouring over you, the devil takes advantage of those situations. He has no power except his voice. He can't take anything from you, but he can whisper in your ear. See, you know, I knew you couldn't do it. You can't let go of what you were before. You can't move forward into what God has for you. You just, you don't have the ability. You can't do it. You're never going to be able to do it. No one's going to pay any attention to you. You're never going to have any friends. You're never going to get married. Laugh if you want to. That's a, that's a thing. You're never going to have a relationship. 
everybody's going to leave you out. We hear those voices every day. So we need to make a choice. We can be this. Or we can be this. We can trust God. We can listen to him. And you know what? We can stand up right now and say, devil, you are a liar. You do not get to say what I am or who I'm going to be or where I'm going to go or who I'm going to be with or how I'm going to get there. You don't get to say. God gets to say. And I'm here right now. You guys are here right now because God put you here. You did not walk in here by accident. You did not stumble across this school by chance. You are here because God put you here. And whether you guys intend to come to Urshan or not, whether you are a student right now or you're maybe going to be a student or maybe you're on your way out, you are here right now because God put you here. And he has a plan for you. And his plan is a good plan. And it is a plan that you will be able to live victoriously through. And you will be able to stand up with your head high and move forward. And all of those little shameful voices are just going to fade away. That doesn't matter. You can whisper all that stuff to me all day long if you want to. I know who I am. I know who God called me to be. I know where I am. I know what I'm doing. I know my name. I know the identity that God is giving me. Maybe not the one I thought it should be, but the divine one that he has called me to be. Stand up with me, guys. There are stones in all three of these baskets. And in a minute, I'm going to ask you to come forward if you want and take one. But before I do, I want us to pray together. There is a spirit against us right now. It is everywhere. It's here in the school. It's at your home churches. It's everywhere across this country. Spirits of fear, spirits of doubt, spirits of anxiety. It is like nothing I have ever seen in my life, truthfully. It is coming against us every day. And right now, I am claiming and declaring that that spirit is not going to take over here. It is not going to take you guys. It is not going to take our kids. It is not going to take our kids. Not going to have it. Put my foot down right there. It's lost my mic. There it was. It's done. We are not going to do it. We are going to help each other. We are going to bind together, and we're going to pray that out right now. It's gone. In Jesus' name, raise your hand. Let him hear your voice. Lord, we claim victory. We claim our identity. We claim our name. We claim the plan that you have for us. We claim the path that you have put us on. We claim the path that you have before us. And in Jesus' name, nothing, no devil, no spirit, nothing is going to stop us from being everything that you want us to be, everything that you have called us to be, everything that we can be for you so that we can turn around and show other people the way, other people the light, other people the path. Jesus' name, I declare victory in this school right now. 
I declare freedom from all of that. I declare freedom from doubt, freedom from fear, freedom from oppression. I declare victory in this place. And as long as we are together, nothing can come against us. Nothing. Nothing. If you're ready to trust God right now, if you're ready to really say, God, I'm really going to give it to you. I am going to give my life to you. I'm going to recommit today. Come up here and get your stone. And hold that stone as a symbol of your commitment to the path that God has for you. We are going to conquer. We are going to rule this world with him. We are going to take what we have and we're going to shine this light into the world that is hurting and scared. We're going to let them see what can happen when you let God have control. We're going to pray again in a minute, but before we do, I want you to realize when you hold your rock, these are smaller rocks. They're light. You can hold it in one hand. I don't need both hands like with the other rock, right? And one rock is strong. But you know what happens when we pile all these rocks up together? We have a mountain. When we bind together and we put all of our strengths together and give it to God, we are a mountain that cannot be moved. We are a foundation that cannot be shaken. And so we can't do this on our own. This is, we're not meant to do this on our own. We're meant to support each other and help each other. And I am calling to you right now. Look around you. Reach out to someone. Someone is weak right now. Someone needs help. Someone needs strength. Someone needs prayer. Somebody needs a new, a new friend. Somebody needs someone just to touch them and guide them and show them you're going to make it. We are all going to make it. I claim right now we are all going to make it. And we're going to do it together. In Jesus' name, let's pray together. Bind us together, Lord. God, give us strength together. Help us to find people who need help. God, give us awareness so that we can see. We can see when our brothers and our sisters are hurting. Help us, God, to be the foundation and to be the firm, the tree that holds them together. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Reach out and touch somebody. Bind together right now with your friends. Even if you don't know them, let God lead.